We, uh, we, we, I hope what you guys hear when, we, when we're talking about the building, I hope what you hear as part of the DNA of our, of our church, part of the DNA of the building that we want to we create, we just want to pour out generosity onto this community. We want to pour out serve, to, to service onto this community. We want it to be a no-strings-attached generosity that we would be giving this community uh, through the, the building that we would build. It's part of our DNA of our church. It's what we've done all along. We've, we've, we've wanted to make this from the very beginning a place where we are constantly thinking about what's going on out there and how do we serve our people in our community, people in our region, people in our world. How do we serve them and serve them well and, and make sure that there's no strings attached to it, that we're just pouring out the love of Jesus through service onto them. We're going to talk some more about that today. We want to talk about it in light of what we're doing here at Ascent. Uh, because what, we've, what we talked about last week, for those of you guys that were here last week, we talked about how Jesus, uh, right before he died, he, he went to his disciples. And he says, you want to share my love? Do you want to share my love to this world? Here's what I want you to do. He says, sometimes that'll happen through words. But what I want you to do is I want you to follow my example and he, and he knelt down and he grabbed a towel and then he grabbed a basin of water and he started washing their feet. And the disciples are going, wait a minute, you're the king of kings. Why are you washing my feet? And he's saying, because I'm going to turn what I deserve onto it, on its head and I'm going to serve instead. And that's what he challenges each one of us with in our marriages, in our relationships with our, with our kids, in our relationships with, our, with uh, our friends, with our classmates, with our teachers, with that person at work that talks too much and plays solitaire all day and then gets the promotion. That even that person, God is going, man, I want you to serve those that you love and those that you don't like. I want you to serve them too. And so we talked about that from a personal perspective. Now we want to talk about it from a corporate perspective. What's that look like for us as a church to take that same command and serve our community? Today, what I want to do, it's going to be a little bit different Sunday. It's actually a great day for you guys that are new, that are here, because you're going to get a little bit of the DNA of our church today. We want to talk about what we've done, not in any sort of bragging way, but to look back at some of the ways that we have grabbed the towel as a church in this community and in this, in this world. We want to talk about what we're doing and what, we're, what we plan on doing. We want to show you some goals for what we're going to do next as far as service goes, because we together make up the church and we want to we grab on to some of those ways that as a church, we are taking one massive towel and saying, we're going to go serve the people that need to be served. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. It's going to be coming in a different way. We're going to show a couple of videos of some of the things that's been happening around here. We're going uh, to have someone share a little bit more about their perspective on what they've done in their service. Uh, it's going it's, it's to be a Sunday that we get to just see, okay, pick up the towel, pick up the towel, pick up the towel. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would bless this this morning. We pray that in the midst of, of candy and fun and the, the, the fun of being able to worship you together, we pray that you grab hold of us. And teach us of, of, of the things that we need to know from you that would help us to take a step closer to you and that people would recognize it and respond to it and also see your love in their life as well. So be with us, Lord, as we unpack your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So in the first century AD, 
the, the, the first century, that, that, uh, the, right after Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection, the early church was established. And as that early church grew, it didn't grow because it had some fancy building with great pews. It didn't, it didn't grow because of the robes the people were wearing. It didn't grow because, even because of their theology. It, it wasn't growing from that. It was growing because they were doing something countercultural. That, that culturally, you just took care of yourself. And all of a sudden, these people were doing something that was so countercultural. They were doing something that was shaking up the, the, the region. They were, they were, people were watching them going, why do they care so much about women? Women was, in that culture, women were not, they, they were considered second class. Why do they care so much about women? Why do they care so much about children? Why do they care so much about the people that have been oppressed in one way or another? Why are, they, why are they reaching out to them? Why are they serving them? And those people were, were watching what the people were doing in the first century church, and they said, I want to know more about that. And the next thing you know, people started going to those churches and started hearing more about the love of Jesus Christ. And that's how things started to spread. They were changing a culture because they were living out what the Lord had called them to live out. Throughout the Old Testament, there's lots of different places where, where God is saying, here's how I want you to live this. Here's how I want you to, to, to present my love to this world. In one of those places in Micah, it's a, it's, a, it's a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And in there, he has this one, this one verse that many people grabbed hold of and said, okay, this is what God expects of me. Look what it says in, in Micah 6.8. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? Now look, it doesn't say what the Lord suggests for you. It doesn't say, look at what the Lord is hoping you might do. It doesn't say, look what the Lord is saying, this could really help your life. They're saying, this is what the Lord requires of us. And then he says this, to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, the first time that I had ever seen this passage was when I was in college, and we'd gather together in a room together, and we'd all sit on the floor, because back in the late 80s, we didn't have chairs. It was back before chairs were, were, were made. So we all sat on, flo on the floor, and we didn't have nice screens and projectors. We had an overhead projection unit, and we had some transparencies that were all in a big box that had songs on them. And we'd sit in this little room with our, with our, with our legs crossed, and we'd sit there and listen, and, and watch for the next song that would come on. And so someone would, would have to operate the transparencies. It was a really hard technical job. You took the transparency, you put it on the overhead, okay? And then you had to move it along. Remember, you had, for those of you guys that were back there, you had to move it with the verse because, you know, it's a long, some of them were long songs. Well, this song came on. And when this song came on, you heard that huge Christian yes. You know what that sounds like in a church setting? Mm, 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 mm. You know that mm, mm. That came, that's, that's what you heard. Everyone's going, yes, yes, we like this song. And we started singing it. We sing it, you know, it's, it's, and, and I didn't, I, you know, I was, I was young in my faith, but I loved the song that he has shown thee. Oh, man, remember that? What is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly 
and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And then we sang it like 11 times because that's the only, that's the only, that's the only uh, words in the song. So we had to sing it over and over and over again. No, no job for the transparency guy because it just sat there and we just sang that song over and over again. I would sing it because I was trying to impress the girl that's sitting next to me. So I just, gosh, that's a guy, a man of faith, you know. So I'd sing it out nice and loud. If you're trying to impress some single person next to you, sing nice and loud. It's always something that impresses people. Um, but I was hoping those words was act, would actually, uh, that I was, I was catching on to the words too. The, the words to walk humbly with thy God. Just go, God, I do. I want to walk right behind you. Tell me where I got to go. I'm ready to go where you want me to go. That's, where I, that's what I felt in college. But to act, to, to, to act justly and to love mercy. Did I know what that meant? I don't know if I really did grab hold of that part. When you study that, those two words in the Old Testament are actually pretty synonymous with each other, to act justly and to love mercy. See, what God wants is that God wants us to look at what he has created. He's created each one of us, and he wants us to treat each person he's created as someone that he has created. He wants us to treat each person with love and each person with respect and each person with dignity and each person with equality. He wants us to treat each person that way, and that's unpacked through the Old Testament. It's also unpacked in the Old Testament in Exodus, in, 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 verses like, in chapters 20 through like 24 in Exodus. It also unpacks that some people will not be treated that way. And if they're not and they are oppressed, it's our job not only to treat every person that God has created with, with, with respect and with dignity, but to take those that are not being treated that way and to raise them up, to help them in a place that they can't help themselves, to look out for the orphaned, to look out for the widowed, to look out for the homeless, to look out for the disenfranchised. And he, wanted us, he, he wants us to, take, to come underneath them and say, I'm going to lift you up too. And that was the definition of acting justly. To look at his creation and take care of what he has created. And so he, says, he wants us, he is, he, is, he is telling us, this is a man, he is, he is saying, this is what I require to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. That's, he's calling us to do that. And get this, you guys, the early church grabbed hold of that. And the early church said, we're going to do that. We are going to look out for the people that can't care for themselves. Why are we going to do that? Because Jesus ultimately shows it to us. Because Jesus, when he dies on that cross and rises from the dead and looks at each one of us that were buried in our own sin, he looks at us and says, you know what? I'm going to die for you and I'm going to give you new life. And that is something you could not have done on your own. And because I'm doing that for you, to look out for you and do something you could not do on your own, now I want you to look out for somebody else in the exact same way. And the early church took that to heart and they looked out for the people that couldn't look out for themselves. And they, they looked for the people that needed help and went after them. That is what we have wanted to do here at Ascent from the very beginning. When we first got started, we say, saying, how are we going to be a church that just flat without strings attached? Because a lot of times we want to put strings and attach it to whatever we're doing. We're going to say, yeah, we'll help you so long as you help us back. We're just going, no, what would that look like for us just to, just to serve? Because we need to serve because Jesus wants us to serve. 
One of the things that we did early on at the very beginning of our church within that first year is we pulled together a group of people. And these people, we said, would you start to look around for the places where this is happening? And would you help us to figure out what it might look like to partner with those people? And so, so Jesse Thompson and, and Amy Youngstrom and, and Ben Flime and Dennis Kyle and, and uh, Kayla Maxey and some other people that joined them, they, they got together and they just said, all right, we're going to start researching how to do this and how we're going to be able to do this and who, what partnerships can we make. And we told them, we said, look, it doesn't matter if they're Christian based or not. If they're picking up a towel and they're doing what Jesus has called us to do in reaching somebody else and lifting somebody else that cannot lift up themselves, if they're doing that, we want to partner with them. So they did some fantastic work and they found some great places for us to be able to grab a towel. One of those places was I Have a Dream. You've heard, some of you that have been around here for a while, you've heard about I Have a Dream. It's, a, it's an organization that walks with kids from second grade all the way through into college and helps even scholarship them into college. When, that, when our team came back and told us about this organization that's not faith-based, they're just an organization that's reaching kids, they came back and said, we have got to look at this one and, and partner with these guys. And we looked at it and said, oh my gosh, does that not fit what we're trying to do as a church? And so I Have a Dream became part of the reality here at this church in our partnership with them. We've told you some about I Have a Dream. This morning we wanted to make sure you guys heard more about it and that you guys really got a sense of what this means. As you watch this video on I Have a Dream, I want you to think about it. Is this a place where you might pick up a towel? Let's watch the I Have a Dream video. I was born and raised here in Lafayette, Colorado. My parents are from here as well, and my grandparents um, moved here and lived here and raised all their kids. This is really where it all started. Back in, in 1994, you know, I was going to elementary school here, and it was at this school where I was chosen to be a dreamer. The mission for I Have a Dream Foundation of Boulder County is to empower kids in low-income communities to uh, reach their educational and career goals. My name is Aurora Santos and I am the program director for the Carbon Valley Dreamer class. My kids are just a big mix of squirreliness and ambition and we have so much diversity in our Dreamer population. She deserves it. Deserves. We like to have our volunteers read with the dreamers as much as they can because reading it should be fun and they should read with an adult and sometimes if their parents um, are working a 14-hour day, the parents are coming home late at night and they don't have the energy. So as much as we can have kids read with an adult and something they're interested in and have a positive experience, we like to do that. I found out about a job that brings together all the things that I love and the strengths and passions that I have, but also what I believe will support a kid. Success for my dreamers, to me, looks like them having a lot of positive relationships around them. I truly believe that a strong education leads to a strong community. Thinking of my dreamers graduating high school is uh, obviously gets me emotional. For a lot of their families, that's already breaking a cycle of not graduating high school, and it's a big deal to them. I already know what their faces as fourth graders look like when they're proud of something small, 
or proud of something to them, it's a big deal. And I just can't imagine what, as uh, 17, 18 year olds, their faces and feeling of being proud and how they look out at uh, the adults who have supported them and worked with them, um, but also mainly their feeling for themselves. I can't imagine what their faces would look like. I already know what their young, proud faces look like. My name is Madeline, I go to Sunny Valley K8. And my dream is to be an art teacher in elementary school. Kindergarten, first and second grade were all struggles, none of which she made it to grade level. And this year we got to be in Dreamers and she is finally achieving her goals and making grade levels. I think um, part of the reason why I'm on grade level is because of Dreamers. Uh, let's see, three plus four, that is seven. So I get to have seven spaces? If you're going to volunteer there, you want to at least know how to do third grade math. That's most parents' dream is their children going to college, so I think we're well on our way. That was, uh, I was in second grade, and then that was my senior picture. My name is Viridiana Hakis. I was in second grade when I became a dreamer. For college, I went to Metropolitan State University. I uh, had a lot of trips and I have a dream that I wouldn't have been able to have if I wasn't in I Have a Dream. I graduated with a computer information systems degree and I was uh, top of my class. I was in the cum laude. I don't remember my life without I Have a Dream. Uh, I remember every single day of elementary school, middle school, and high school, going after school and get some tutoring done, get homework done, and um, anyway, it went so far, far past that. They would be so excited for me because they couldn't imagine all the things that I was up and about doing. So it was, it was really cool to share my experiences with them. Desafortunadamente. Yo no tuve mucha, mucha educación, eh, me refiero a, a, a escolarmente, ¿verdad? Pero cuando ella me, me mostraba sus trabajos este, emocionada, pues claro que para mí era, era muy bonito, sentía muy bonito. Jody Sherman was one of the people in I Have a Dream that made the biggest impact in my life. It's Jody. Um, <laughs> you see? <laughs> I didn't think that I was going to go to college and um, she changed that. We can see the difference that education can make and it's just affording them an opportunity that your children have all the first communions that we'd go to, hun. <laughs> I Have a Dream was just an integral piece of that puzzle to help shape us all. It puts these kids in a, on an even playing field with everybody else and reduces the stress of, you know, the financial burden of college. It helps them become integral parts of our community.
how can you not help but want to want to help that organization? You know, and our team came with that one. We're going, oh my gosh, of course. And that might be the way to pick up a towel is to just go go tutor a kid for, for once a week. I mean, I think the criteria is you have to know what three plus four is, and if you can get there to seven, then you're you're, you're qualified to be able to tutor one of those kids. And and so um, so that's one way to pick up a towel. We just know there's tons of ways that we we as a church can pick up towels to go serve in this world. Some of you might choose that your towel you're going to pick up is, is all around the partnership we have with Cuba Connections and with Willie Santiago in Cuba. That's the, the team found that for our international focal. We're going to focus in on Cuba. And so, so Willie Santiago, that could be the place that you might do that. And we, we've had to cancel our two trips this fall and, and Christmas to Cuba because of the political climate that's happening in the United States and Cuba. We're just in a holding pattern. We are, we are flying above Cuba ready to land. And as soon as we get that okay to land, we're going to, go to, we're going to take those teams in there and continue to help St. Willie and, and what's going on there with their hurricane relief and everything else, just the potential in Cuba. So that might be the place to grab a towel. It might be through Boulder Valley Young Life, or it might be through Broomfield Young Life. It's a, ministries that are reaching out to high school and middle school kids. We've got an awesome ministry here with our high school and middle school stuff that's going on here. Uh, Maurice and Chris and the team are knocking it out of the park here. And then we also want to be able to reach out to those guys and partner with, with Boulder Valley and, and Broomfield Young Life and the work that they're doing to reach kids that aren't going to church, aren't heading to church, but that still might hear about the love of Jesus. That might be where you grab a towel. There's tons of different places where you can do that and say, yes, I'm going to invest my time and I'm going to invest the gifts that the Lord has given me and I'm going to invest what the Lord has given me financially and I'm going to go after those places. Now, something else that you hear around here, if you've been around here for a while, is you hear about our bin drives. You see those. We call them our bin drives because they're, we get these big yellow bins and we set them out front and we say, for the next month, will you give some toys? Or for the next month, will you give some, some, uh, some toothpaste? Will you give some coats? Or will you give some stuff for college students? Or will you, will you give some canned goods? We'll do those kinds of drives. And you might say, now, is, is that... It, you know, it, that's not doing very much. I, I don't, I'm not investing a lot of time into that. I'm just going over to Safeway to get stuff. Is that still part of us reaching out? And we'd say absolutely it's still living out that first century church. It's, it's for sure living the same way that those guys were doing in the first century. Get this, you guys. When Jesus was coming onto the scene, just before he came onto the scene, John the Baptist prepared the way. John the Baptist said, I am going to make sure everyone is ready for God to do something powerful around here. And he knew, here it comes, and I need to get you guys ready for it. Now, here's what it says in, in, in here. It says, it says, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in and every mountain and hill made low and the crooked road shall become straight and the rough way smooth and all the people will see God's salvation. John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus to come. Just like any king that would come into a region and they'd, they'd make sure all the roads are smoothed out, John the Baptist was doing that, but he cared more about what's going on in our hearts than he did about the actual roads because he knew, get ready because here comes, God is coming to this earth. So he got them all ready. Now look what he said, that they, how they should get ready. Now just keep in mind, John the Baptist would not be one of our greeters. Let me just tell you that right now. John the Baptist wouldn't be back there in the VIP room welcoming new people that come walking in. He, he's, he's got a little rough edge to him. You might catch his rough edge here. John said to the crowd coming out to be baptized, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? 
Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So maybe not a greeter, okay? <laughs> but what John the Baptist was saying here is he's going, look, you guys, God is coming, but don't pull out your spiritual resume. Don't pull out your religious resume. Don't pull out, here's all the rituals that I've done. Do they think that looks good? Don't pull out the fact that I've gone to church four times in the last eight weeks. Don't pull out the fact that I've, that I've, that, you know, that I've served in certain places. Don't pull out all of our, the, the rituals that you've had to do. Don't say that I prayed well or that I, I'd read a lot of scripture. God's not looking for, he's looking at your heart and he's just going, I just want to know where your heart is. And now what's a way to gauge where our heart's at? Look at what he says. What should we do then? The crowd answered. And John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. He's going, it's not about some religious ritual. It's about give away your stuff. It's about someone needs something, give it to them. It's about responding to the need. And when your heart is ready to respond to the need, your heart is ready to receive what God has in store for you. When your heart is, re is ready to respond to the need, you're going to be surprised at God and, 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 and what he's got and in, in the, the miracle that's coming. And so John the Baptist said, you want to get your heart ready? It's not about checking the box that you came to church. You want to get your heart ready? It's look out for those in need and respond to those in need, for those that cannot pick, and pick themselves up. We're going to help and pick them up. That's what the first century did around that. And that's what we're doing around all of these bin drives that we do. When we do those drives and you kind of go, gosh, how many more things are you going to ask us to bring? Hey, don't blame us. It's John the Baptist. He's the one that did it. And we're not calling you brood of vipers. We're just saying, just give. And you guys do give. And it's so fun to watch how when we put a couple of bins out there and say, will you guys get a toy? The next thing you know, we've got a whole stinking Toys R Us full of toys that are here that we're able to give out. The next video we want to show you guys is our, our, our toy drive video. It's the one that we put together a couple of years ago. Some of you have seen it a number of times. Look, I've seen it more than most, more than all of you, okay? I've seen it a bunch, and I still cry watching it because watching Officer Haymore, this guy from the Louisville Police Department that came to us and said, look, I've been doing this toy drive, and I collect a few toys up here and there, and I give them out to some kids that I see on the streets, and that's gradually grown a little bit more, and some of the guys in the police force has helped me out, and we gotten a little bit bigger, but we're not sure if we're going to continue it. And then he came to us and we said, oh, no, no, keep going with it because I think we might be able to respond and help you out with this. And the next thing you know, he's given out toys to kids all along the front range. This is the toy drive that we've been a part of for the last three years. Hey, guys, my name is Logan Haymore. I'm with the Louisville Police Department. And I first want to start off by saying thank you for all of this amazing stuff that you guys have here. As of right now, um, I'm up to 62 children, so I think that we're gonna break that barrier that we set last year in the high 70s. The first couple years, I, I had to stretch for, for presents. Like I had to, I, I like was giving kids shopping bags of things going, you know, have, Merry Christmas, you know, and I almost felt embarrassed because there was, there was not much we can give them. And, you know, there's a lot of fat houses that I walked into and they had nothing. So, <laughs> I get a little emotional. <laughs> I told her about a boy that, um, 
I delivered to everybody first. And I had kids asking for, I want a PS3. And I'm like sitting there going, well, I, I do too. I got to this last bag and it was sitting there and there was like, I thought it was a, a trash bag. And I picked it up and it had this kid's name on it. So I was, it was Christmas Eve. It was, <laughs> it was about 7.30 at night. So I was like, I gotta get it over to him, you know? <clears throat> so I went over and delivered it. And I looked inside <clears throat> and their tree was like up to here. And I'm what, five foot nothing like you. So the tree was up to here, didn't have anything under it. And the kid was so grateful to get that. that, that And the kid just started bawling. All he asked for was a baseball and a glove. That's the heart and soul behind it. Since we had so much giving last year, it reached out to um, over 150 miles of our state, all the way up into Greeley and Weld County. And that was all made possible because of what you guys did. I got allergies, so <laughs> yeah. it's allergies, you know. It is. I, I'm allergic to fake, fake pine trees, so. <laughs> All right. So everybody slow down out there because, you know, we don't need any speeders. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on. How do we not respond to Officer Haymore? We have... We have been friends with Officer Haymore for a couple of years now. In fact, he was here just, a, just this last week when we gathered together with some of the CEOs from, from Sister Carmen and, and, um, and some of the police department, the, the Boulder Valley superintendent and principals were here as we talked to them about what do you want in a new building? What do you want as we build this new building? And, uh, and we got to get their thoughts about, around it as well. So Officer Haymore is a good friend of ours now around here, and, and, and we love it that, we, that, that you guys respond the way you do for that toy drive. Now look, here's what we're trying to do this next year, okay? I want to give you guys some goals around what we're trying to do as a church between right now, today, and next year at this time, okay? These are things that we're going to be shooting for. It's basically looking at what we've done and saying, can we even do it more? Can we even go further, can we bless the heck out of this community? Can we bless the socks off of this region? Can, what can we do to continue to reach out and to pick up a towel for this area? So here's some of the goals that we came up with, okay? I'm just going to fly, quickly throw them all up there. Go ahead and put them all up there. That's some of the goals that we've got. We want to collect 2,000 pounds of food for Sister Carmen this year. We did 1,500 last year. We want to go 2,000 this year. We want to collect enough toys for 100 families, not just 100 kids. It says kids on there, but 
really should say 100 families because we want to go all out. Are you guys, our toy drive, it's, it's gotten so ridiculously huge, but we're just going to keep going. Why not? Let's just go as far as we can and get as far into this region as we can with, the co- with toys. We want to collect enough coats for 300 kids and adults to, 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 get, to get, have warm coats this winter. Last year, we did 250. This Christmas, the, over December, we're going to be doing our coat drive. We're going to collect as many of those coats and give them out to as many people as we can. We want to collect enough stuff for college students. That we want to, we, last year, we did 150 bags of stuff for college students. This year, we're going to, we want to go to 200 bags of stuff for college students. You guys know you're doing something powerful when you see the eyes of a college student that looks into a bag and sees detergent and top ramen. That's all they need to see. They see detergent and top ramen. They're going, you just hit it. You just, you know me. You know me. And we know our college students, and that's what they want. So we're going to give that to them this next year. We're going to do hygiene products for 400 people. A Precious Child is the organization we work with with that. And we did that hygiene drive. If you remember the hygiene drive we did, we collected up a ton of, of to- toothpaste and all that stuff. You guys, we gave that to a precious child. They put it on their shelves and it was gone in two days. Two days it was gone. That's the need that they've got around hygiene stuff. And so we want to collect enough hygiene stuff for 400 people this next year. We want to give money, $5,000 just this fall, this just this fall and winter to Cuba. Since we can't get down there, we're at least going to give them that now. And then we'll see what happens in the new year as we continue to give. And as we continue, hopefully we'll be able to send some teams down there as well. We'll give $8,000 to support kids that go, getting all the way to college through I Have a Dream. That's the, that's the way they do it, is, you, is you, you support them in their second graders and they keep taking money off of that. And, and it's part of their scholarships when they get to college. And we support three kids. We want to continue to do that. We want to give at least 25 hours of volunteer help a week to I Had Kids. We want to give 600 hours of volunteer work to Chief Hayes and the people in the community. Chief Hayes is the, is the chief of police with the city of Louisville. Awesome guy. This last week I sat with him over coffee and I said, Chief, what do you want? He calls me pastor. I call him chief. I don't want you guys to call me pastor. Just call me Bill. But he calls me pastor. I call him chief. I said, Chief, what do you want this next year? And we decided we'd have three dates. The one time in the spring, once in the summer, once in the fall where he's going to identify all the needs, weeding and building decks and helping someone that's hoarding in their house. And we're going to help them out and he's going to give us the jobs and then we'll just give them the people that are going to make it happen. That's our Chief Hayes project. Do you guys know that we reach out and we do a ton of stuff with moms in this area? Our MOPS program is so fun to watch when they come in here and do this. They have moms coming in from all over, people from in this church and outside of this church that come together together and, and they've, got, they've got mentor moms that are walking with them. They've got moppets that are taking care of the kids down there and they're helping moms get through those early years. That's the mops program and we want to help them to just continue to expand that ministry and also our mom's day out where moms can come and drop off their kids and then just go do whatever they want to do. We want to we expand that as well. So the first thing we're going to do is Jim is going to volunteer in the mom's day out program. So he's going to be back there taking care of kids. It's so great. I loved it that he volunteered that. He told me to make sure that everyone knows that he's going to be back there doing that. So we should all thank him for that. Good job, Jim. Um, we also, one last one that's on there, we want to save Boulder Valley School District. We came up with this number, 30,000. We don't know how much we save Boulder Valley School District. But man, if Boulder Valley School District rents one facility in this next year at any of their middle schools, high schools, grade schools, if they rent one facility in this next year because they, couldn't, they didn't have room in their own schools, we failed. 
We want this to be a place that they could use at any time they want for anything they want for free for them. We want to make sure that they know that we care deeply about those kids and, the, and what they're doing in those schools. And they're going to take, they're going to get to have this place whenever they need to have it. So if it's an orchestra event and, and they would normally have to rent out some massive thing, we're going to say, no, you can have your orchestra event here. Or if it's the monarch football banquet, they're going to have that football banquet here. Whatever they need to do, we want to make sure that this is a place that they can come to. We don't know if it's 30,000 or what it is, but, but it's, we just want to save Boulder Valley School District as much as we can by giving them a space. Okay, that's just some of the goals that we have for this next year. I look at that list and it's just, it's, it, it, when I first looked at it, it was bringing tears to my eyes, just going, man, the ways a group of people can gather and say, what can we do together in picking up a towel that will bless a community? That's just living out first century church. And that's what we want to do. Later on, just at the end of this time, we're going we're gonna to take an offering. And every dollar that we receive today, every dollar that we receive, it's not going to go towards my salary. It's not going to go towards the lights. Every dollar is going to go towards those things. We, we, we just said, let's do that this week, every single dollar. So when, when we do that collection later on, we, when we pass those baskets, that's what, that's what every bit's going to go towards those things. Okay? Now, how do we do this? How do we respond to this? Sometimes it's hard to, to figure out how I can in the midst of my own life and in the midst of my own busyness. But God is saying he's requiring it of us to do this. And we as a church want to do this together in picking up the towel. The way I picture it is a lot of times we hug the base of the tree and we hold on tightly there. That's what I do. And I say, this is what I can control. I can control my time. I control my treasures. I can control my talents. I can control it right here at the base of the tree. And God is saying, no, I want you to step out on a limb. I want you to step out there and I want you to trust me there. And I want you to open up your time. I want to open up your treasures. I want to open up your talents. And I want to use you to bless this world. And are we ready to do that? Louis Giglio, a pastor in, in, in Atlanta, says this. He says, he says, faith thrives in holy discomfort. Faith thrives in holy discomfort. And we are discomforted out on the branch, out on the branch because it's, 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 it's less predictable. But we're also discomforted by what we see and what we hear. When you hear that there's that hygiene goods off those shelves in two days and that that's the massive need that's there, that should bring us a holy discomfort. And when there's a holy discomfort, when we step out in that, that is, that is where faith can grow. That's where we want to step out as a community. What can we do to bless this region, this community, and this world? Now, we have one last video that we want to show you. This is a video from Jesse Thompson. She's one of the people from our church. And she, want, she was going to share with us a little bit more about just that decision to serve and how, how you know, you're, she's sitting there right there with you guys. And she's going, you know, what do I do? I've got a couple of, tw I've got twins. My, my husband and I both work. How do I still see the need and respond to the need? So Jesse's going to share a little bit more of her story after that. Ross and Becky are going to come up here and they're going to sing a song. And while they sing that song, it's not one that we would sing along with them. It's one for us to look at those words and I want you to think about it. What's this mean for you? What's this mean for you to pick up a towel and to respond to the need? What's that mean for us as a church to pick up a towel 
and respond to the need. I want you to think about that as we hear them sing the, sing the songs and they sing the song and listen to the words that they share, and then we'll close it up. Okay, so here's Jesse's video. Hi, my name's Jesse Thompson, and my family and I have been going to Ascent for the last couple years. So I think um, early, early in our time here at Ascent, um, we we, re- we really felt called to be involved with something. Um, we didn't know exactly where that spot would be. And my husband was really the one that said, hey, why don't we just volunteer? We could do it together and we could volunteer um, in the kids, the second to fifth graders where our kids are. Um, and, you know, I don't think that either of us are um, real gifted with, with young children necessarily. It's not a passion of ours. Um, but we just made the decision and we knew how shorthanded um, the church was. And so we just made that decision. It wasn't a super thought out plan. We didn't feel called. Um, we really just started doing it. And um, it has been really special. And our kids um, have loved every minute when we were in there together. And then now I think what that's done um, is shown them this is what we do. Um, and I think that has that now allowed them um, to be more willing to serve in the younger um, grades. So sometimes my husband thinks I'm a little a little overachieving or, or doing committing to way too many things. But you know, here we are with twins working full time, you know, volunteering at church. And so I think, oh great, I'll add something else. Maybe I should go serve somewhere else. And so I was at a luncheon a few years ago and just started getting the the thought that maybe I should be a mentor um, to one of these kids that are in I Have a Dream. Um, And I think, you know, I come home with these crazy ideas and I think my husband's like, oh gosh, here she goes, she's gonna do something else. Um, Do I have a lot of extra time and energy in my life? A hundred percent no, I don't, but I feel really, really called to to be out in in the community. Um, so as we, as Ascent um, became partners with I Have a Dream and with my knowledge of them over the years, I made the decision um, to sign up to be a mentor. And since that time, um, I have been a mentor, I'm smiling at, at her now, um, been a mentor um, for Leslie um, for almost a year now. Um, I just want to be someone that she can talk to and hang out with and um, maybe be kind of like a big sister type too and just kind of show her um, just what what life can look like um, as an old lady with with twins and a job. <laughs> and what do you think when when we first met? She's really sweet. She's really young. Um, she's really pretty, um, um, she, and I think I ask you like eight million questions when we're together. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> like, um, uh, I don't know, it just really shows me that you really care about me and like, how was my day and uh, yeah. That decision to add something else to my life, um, is hard. It's, it's really hard because I'm tired, I'm, you know, I can be stressed. I have two children, a job, a husband, two cats and two guinea pigs. Um, but I really, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's hard on some of those nights when we've made the plans um, to do it, but I, I feel like it's so important. And the time that we 
do end up hanging out, it's really a fun, special time. Um, I just can't have Jesse um, wait to see me graduate from high school and be part of my quinceanera this coming year. Father, we want to we want to be people that respond. We want to be people that respond to the call. That say yes, I'm I'm ready to humbly go where you want me to go and to pick up the towel where you want me to pick up the towel. God, help us to be those people that respond and to be a church that responds to the needs that's out there. It's in your name we pray. Amen.